In today's episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast, I speak to Rachel Morenan, who is one of the teams from the Changing Markets Foundation. Now, these guys are an amazing NGO who publish reports on various environmental issues happening in the world. So the one we chat about is a report called Caught Out, how UK retailers are tackling the use of wild fish in their aquaculture supply chains. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I had no idea how much wild fish is caught just feed farmed fish and then ends up in the supermarkets. That is just one of the things we talk about. We discuss the supply chain, we discuss the environmental and social impacts of these wild caught fish, and which supermarkets are actually doing good in terms of the UK. Spoiler alert! it's even less than you might have imagined. So let's get into the episode. Of course, I also wanted to mention, thank you guys all for listening to the podcast and being part of the Facebook group. We have almost 800 members, which is amazing. So many incredible people chatting about all things ocean conservation. So head on over there to share some of your thoughts about the podcast and any future things that you'd like me to talk about. If you can, it would mean the world. If you can support me, head on over to oceanpancake.com or you can buy yourself a t-shirt or donate to allow me to keep doing the things I'm doing. Thank you so much for being here and let's get into the ocean stuff. So welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I'm joined by Rachel Mulranen, <laughs> sorry I already <laughs> butchered that name, who is the Campaigns Advisor at Changing Markets Foundation. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to chat to you uh, today because you have some very exciting news. Well, not exciting, but interesting new news that you guys just found out. Uh, before we dive into it, could you give us a little bit of a background about Changing Markets Foundation as a whole? Yeah, so the Changing Markets Foundation, um, we're a global campaigning organization um, based out of a London office. Um, we believe that solutions to the environmental and social challenges we face as a planet exist but industry needs to be faster at putting these solutions into practice. Mm -hmm. um, so through our work, we expose irresponsible corporate practices and we campaign on issues that others aren't yet focused on. Um, and our work includes lots of on the ground investigations, extensive desk-based research and other campaigning activities. That's fantastic, especially uh, in particular of exposing irresponsible practices because I feel like there's so many big organizations now, especially who are trying to kind of move into the you know green or blue area uh, and mm. there's very little truth transparency behind what mm. that actually means what exactly do you guys consider sustainable or how do you define it yeah it's a tricky one to or it's a tricky one practices to practice better <laughs> that, yeah that i mean sustainability responsible practices it kind of they've become buzzwords i think yeah. in the few years but the idea of sustainability I mean sometimes it's easier to think about what's unsustainable and if yeah. something's unsustainable it means that eventually it will come to an end so it's not mm -hmm. something that can continue indefinitely um, in relation to environmental issues I would say that sustainability is defined by the planetary boundaries 
So the fact that we are living on a planet which has finite resources and we need to be using those in the most responsible way and in a way that means that they will continue to exist for future generations. Very well put. And you guys are changing markets foundation. So you talk about you know, organizations in all markets or are there any particular markets that you focus on? Yeah, so we run global campaigns. So it really depends on the issue that we're looking at. We tend to focus on international corporations, not always, but often based in Europe or in America. And through those corporations, we look at their supply chains, which are often based in more developing countries. So that's really where we kind of, as you said, around transparency of the supply chain, we Mm -hmm. really look to drill down into where these international corporations are doing their business and what they're actually doing on the ground. Yeah, since I feel like so many of these things are unknown to us as consumers. And even, you know, when we go to the shops here, like in Australia, they're very proud to say 100% Australian, Mm -hmm. whether it's seafood or vegetables. Uh, But I was like looking at the meat, even though I don't eat meat, I sometimes go over there and just have a look at it because I'm curious. And there was Mm. like bacon strips and it was 75% Australian. And I was just, what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not wholly clear where that's come from, is it? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what, is, what does this mean? You know, like, did half the pig grow up in Australia? Did, it, did they send it overseas? For, I, I don't understand. And no one's questioning these things. So I think it's really amazing with the work you're doing and just letting us know what's happening. I mean, you see that also just, um, we can touch on this more later on, but you see that also within the aquaculture industry, Mm because particularly in the UK, Scottish salmon has a real um, prestige around it. But actually, that salmon, I mean, often it is produced in Scotland, but also sometimes it's just packaged in Scotland. So it doesn't necessarily mean the information you're getting on the packaging does not reflect the full picture of what's happening and where these products are coming from. So the most recent report that you guys did, or the one that um, brought you to Ocean Pancake Podcast, because of course we are about sustainability and conservation, but with a primary focus on the ocean, is Mm -hmm. uh, the report about the findings of fish in the Mm -hmm. UK. So could you give us a little bit of an overview of what this report was? What was the goal um, of the investigation to start off with? Yeah, so the latest report, um, which is called Caught Out, um, we published it in partnership with another organisation called Feedback, which is a campaigning group um, focused on food sustainability and eliminating waste from Mm -hmm. food systems. So it's part of our campaign looking at fish meal and fish oils. It's looking at the practices of using wild caught fish to feed farmed fish, which we would argue is an inherently unsustainable practice and it's an unsustainable business. So the latest report, we looked at the top 10 UK supermarkets and we scored them according to the sustainability of the farm fish that they're selling. So the report found that UK supermarkets are are not doing enough to protect the oceans. Um, We had a calculation in the report that estimated that in 2019, UK shoppers unknowingly consumed 177,000 tonnes of wild caught fish through purchasing farmed fish like salmon and prawns, which is equivalent to 172 grams of hidden wild fish for every 100 grams of farm fish that's being bought and consumed. Um, So we looked at the top 10 UK supermarkets and we found that seven out of 10 
scored less than 30% against our criteria. Only one supermarket, which was Tesco, scored over 50%. And no UK retailer currently has a target to eliminate using wild-caught fish for feed in their aquaculture supply chains. I feel like people aren't necessarily even aware of this. I mean, the first time it came into like my realm of knowledge was when I spoke to Rebecca Daniel from Marine Diaries, who told me like, did you know that the farmed fish are actually fed wild fish? And I was blown away. So what is happening there? How is this happening? How come no one knows about it? Yeah, it's a really, I mean, I also wasn't really aware of this issue before I started working on this campaign. Um, I think particularly because farmed aquaculture is increasingly being positioned as a sustainable solution to alleviate pressures on wild stocks of fish in the ocean. Um, because it's quite widely known, I feel, that wild stocks are collapsing around the world. It's estimated that over 90% of wild stocks are either fully exploited, overexploited, or depleted. Um, and in this context, I think aquaculture, which is farmed seafood, is being positioned as a sustainable solution to alleviate that pressure. But actually, as you pointed out, people are not aware that these farmed fish are often being fed with wild caught fish, which actually is, is inherently unsustainable. And it's also creates a lot of problems from an environmental perspective, but also a social perspective, because the places where these wild caught fish are being caught are often countries where the local populations are reliant on those fish for essential protein. Yeah, no, and uh, especially in terms of the fish that we're primarily eating, of course, if we look at supermarkets, we only see a couple of these target fish. Mm -hmm. So we see salmon, we see tuna, which are all large predatory fish, carnivorous fish, which require other fish to, to feed them, or as you know, you were saying, fish meal and fish oil, which un unknown to most of the people actually comes from wild caught fish. Do you know if like the wild caught fish is specifically caught for the salmon? Like, is that a whole separate industry which just operates to catch food for our fish farms? There is a fish meal and fish oil industry mm -hmm. that is dedicated to catching wild caught fish to feed to farmed fish. So that will include, so that will be salmon, but also prawns, um, sea bass, uh, various other species as well. Um, it's estimated that 20% of the world's wild caught fish is used for fish meal and fish oil. So it's not an insignificant amount of fish that's being used. And it's also estimated that more than 90% of these fish could be used for direct human, human consumption. So it's small kind of, they're called pelagic fish, like herring, um, mackerel, sardinella, um, anchovies. These are all being caught specifically to feed to farm fish, which are increasingly being positioned as desirable fish to eat, particularly in the developed world. So things like salmon, you know, they're incredibly popular with consumers. They're heavily marketed as being a healthy part of your diet, but there are other ways that you could have the same nutrients through eating different types of fish. Yeah, indeed. I mean, salmon is famously quoted as the, you know, fatty, healthy fish for your complexion, for your skin, for your mm -hmm. nails, omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, all that. And all of those things can not only be found in other fish, but also in plant-based alternatives. 
and um, just this focus on the salmon, it, it is it is quite detrimental because it is just a few species mm -hmm. when, as you said, all these other fish that are specifically targeted to feed salmon could also be eaten. So in the cases of where mm -hmm. people have to rely on fish protein instead of just eating that, you know, it's it's going higher up the food chain and it's becoming less efficient. Um, so that's exactly. And I think when it comes to salmon, I think that's where it's an interesting one because I think that's where the the positioning of farmed fish as a sustainable solution really falls down because it's not it's not the most efficient use of resources to make farmed salmon. And actually it's it's a product, we shouldn't forget it's a product that carries a price premium so it's making a lot of money for the people mm -hmm. that are producing it yeah um, did you have any other shocking findings from the report as i mentioned none of the retailers performed particularly well so the report was looking at um, three different areas for the supermarket so we were looking at the policies that they have so the corporate policies and practices their supply chain transparency and how they're promoting um, and packaging farmed fish in store so we found in relation to policies UK supermarkets and I'm sure this extends to supermarkets around the world are heavily reliant on certification as a proxy for sustainability um, and we can go into that a bit more about why that's um, a bit of a problem. In terms of transparency, as you mentioned previously, none of the supermarkets are particularly transparent. I mean, they're transparent to varying degrees. Um, and what was really interesting about our research is that different retailers gave us different information, but held back different information, citing it as commercially sensitive. So I feel like companies often will hide behind commercial sensitivity as a reason not to disclose information which makes no sense when you think that some retailers will disclose that information and some won't mm -hmm. um, looking in store we found there was a big discrepancy between um, wild caught fish promotion and farmed fish so where a fish is wild caught it's often heavily promoted by the store and I think that's because there's a there's an image amongst consumers that wild caught fish is healthier for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it comes to farmed fish, we found that that information was much less heavily um, promoted. And actually there was not much information at all that the consumer could see about how the fish had been raised and where it had come from as well. So looking at, for instance, the country of origin, some packages we found listed three countries, three completely different countries as potential sources of origin, which is not very clear for consumers. Yeah, and again, what, what does that mean? I've seen that as well, and it's like, do you not know where the fish comes from, or do they just put it all yeah. in this pile and then separate it? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, exactly, there's, there's no clarity, you know, saying Scotland or Iceland or Norway, that doesn't really answer your question as a consumer about where that fish has come from. Speaking of supporting companies and organizations which are transparent in their supply chain, the sponsor of today's episode is Modi Body, which is a feminine hygiene product company which focuses on creating ethical and sustainable underwear and swimwear, which can be used in conjunction or as an alternative to your current feminine hygiene products. They are ethical, they offer vegan options, and now you can get a 10% discount with the code VEGANDIVER10 
on Maudie Body. So head on over and change your life with this fantastic company. You will be so comfortable and be doing good things for our planet. Now let's get back to changing markets. Do you guys have an opinion in terms of what is better for our health or for the health of the oceans in terms of farmed or fish caught seafood? Or you guys just focus on the consumer having the opportunity to be informed and having that information readily available for them? Yeah, I think there's not one simple solution to the issues that we're facing in terms of ocean sustainability. Um, our campaign, as you mentioned, focuses more on farmed fish, so the practice of using fishermen and fish oil to feed farmed fish. Um, in terms of health impacts, I guess the impacts we're really focusing on in our campaign is actually the impacts on the ground um, amongst the people who are being deprived of these small fish as an essential source of protein. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that's one big problem that we've identified in terms of health issues related to farmed aquaculture. Where are these fish um, caught from? Do you know like what countries are being affected in terms of their food is disappearing to salmon? <laughs> yeah, so, so we did some on the ground investigations last year in 2019, looking at the fishmen and fish oil industry in the Gambia, India and Vietnam. So those are three countries we did on the ground investigations. Um, and those are three big fishmen and fish oil producing countries. But for instance, in West Africa, in the Gambia, um, we found that 40% of the fish catch is going to just one fishmen and fish oil factory. So it's a huge, I mean, in the Gambia, it's an expanding industry, but it's also diverting huge amounts of fish away from the local population. Yeah. And since they don't have these commercial trawlers and everything, it would also be much harder for them to get the fish because I'm assuming fish stocks would be decreasing. And it's, I feel like we're exactly. seeing that. Exactly. And, and that's where, yeah, exactly. I think we're really seeing a kind of, compounding of all these different issues environmental social issues coming together in one place and as you mentioned you know there's been research showing that fish stocks in the Gambia for instance or in West Africa are migrating because of changing ocean temperatures which is also having a detrimental effect on how much fish is available to catch and then if you add to that you know the appearance of these huge industrial trawlers that are taking fish for fishmen and fish oil that is a recipe for disaster, really. Yeah, not leaving much to the local um, people and mm -hmm. going into a not-so-efficient system. Did exactly. you have the opportunity to talk to, to cons consumers and hear like what the misconceptions are or what they know um, about the we fish markets? Consumers in Western kind of European countries? Yeah, 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 in the UK. We haven't done that yet i mean that's definitely something we'd be interested in exploring i think um in the next stages of our campaign what we did do is we actually um changing markets and feedback teams we did um in-store investigations ourselves for this mm -hmm. report so we went into all the shops that are you know that are included in the report and gathered kind of first-hand evidence of what you know both the packaging that's being used the information that's being disclosed but also how fish is being positioned in supermarkets and i think that was another 
really interesting thing we found is that overwhelmingly salmon and prawns are the fish that are being promoted in UK supermarkets and not just one supermarket across the board all of them um, and we would argue that that's that's a practice that needs to be changed because you know we obviously need to be diversifying the types of fish that are being consumed within the context I think also of lowering our consumption levels of fish you know both retailers should be offering a wider more diverse range of fish and consumers should then have the option to consume different types of fish yeah it's kind of just giving the false sense that there's only one type of fish that you can eat <laughs> i mean exactly. as a kid it, as a kid i don't remember eating any fish apart from salmon honestly yeah it's interesting because it's it's really shocking like some of the supermarkets that we visited literally had i'd say 20 different types of salmon on on offer so you know it's overwhelmingly salmon basically or prawns which are both um from a sustainability perspective quite problematic yeah did did you find any data on the prawns yeah actually interestingly prawns in the uk are one of the seafood types where you do get a little bit more information about origin and i think that's linked to recent campaigning work in the last few years around slavery in mm -hmm. the prawn trade so it is really interesting from that perspective it's interesting to see how civil society pressure does work in terms of increasing transparency of supermarkets because um, definitely in relation to sainsbury's which is a big supermarket in the uk they have a very detailed they now have a very detailed policy on um, prawns which includes a little bit of information around the feed that's used and mortality rates that are allowed on the farms and I think that's really the result of um, external pressure on that industry in recent years. I, I'm sorry slave trade I feel like I missed something in the world what's going on what, what happened? <laughs> So <laughs> it can be hard to keep track of everything. But particularly, I don't know if this was just um, just in the UK, but a few years ago, there was a big expose done by another environmental NGO um, looking at um, human trafficking and the slave trade within the prawn industry in Vietnam. There was a big investigation looking at the high levels of um, of, of slave labor within the prawn supply chain and as a result of that supermarkets were under a lot of pressure to increase the transparency of those supply chains and obviously that's focused on the human rights aspect of um, supply chains but it also increases the visibility of environmental aspects of their supply chain at the same time oh that's good because i do know yeah. um, prawns well i don't think we uh, again, I don't really eat seafood, so <laughs> I'm not aware, but from my recollection when I used to eat prawns is that most of them here are like wild caught and mm -hmm. I chatted to someone about that and that was also another episode with uh, sustainable fishing that there, I cannot remember the number, but like 60% or like an overwhelming percent of catch when you catch prawns is bycatch because of the methods of trawling. Um, is there wild caught prawns also available? Possibly, 
my feeling is that in the UK, it's mostly farmed prawns that are available to buy. But I don't know. I don't know that for sure. Because as I said, we kind of focus more on the farmed aquaculture. Yeah, fair enough. But that's good that there is definitely more transparency in terms of what's going on. Because, um, again, I had no idea that was a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, first thing, I think... The supply chain issue is just is one we see across all our campaigns yeah. because all of these industries have such incredibly complex supply chains and you know I feel like that often provides a buffer for companies to not be transparent about what's happening further down the chain but I think really increasingly companies are starting to see that they have responsibility for what happens not just in their operation but also further down the supply chain and that's a really good thing and it's also uh, showing what people's pressure on these companies can do because we are asking for that accountability we are asking to know where our food or clothing or anything is coming from Uh, i feel like none of us are really asking where our phones are coming from I will mm. put that out there. We're still happily <laughs> ignorant about that, but I'm at least glad to see that, especially in terms of our um, fish and our vegetables and some mm. of our clothing, um, more questions are being asked and these companies have to answer them or are mm-hmm. striving towards that. Um, and I don't know if this is happening in, in Australia, but certainly at the moment in the context of um, the coronavirus in the UK, people are increasingly starting to question our food supply more generally and i think people are starting to maybe question the the wisdom of having these incredibly complex supply chains that span all over the world Mm. um because actually that makes us very vulnerable to any disruption in the supply chain and you see that a lot in fish mill and fish oil and aquaculture supply chains because these are really complex supply chains where fish is maybe caught in west africa it's shipped to another country to be processed into fish mill and fish oil uh, and aqua feed then it's shipped or flown to another country to be fed to the fish which is then packaged somewhere else and then it's the air miles are crazy that's a whole separate food miles issue um yeah (laughs) in, in australia we are lucky enough that major I want to say majority of the food of the fresh food anyway I'm not going to speak on all those middle aisles in the supermarket but Mm. uh, most of our fruit and veg uh, and our meat does come from Australia so it's it's more rare than not to have you know farmed fish or meat from overseas Um, Mm -hmm. Australians are very proud of that and uh, right now we have no shortages of anything apart from toilet paper in our shops (laughs) Uh, because it is all local and uh but then again we're having you know like when we had the bushfires really badly in january Mm. avocado prices just skyrocketed and we were not happy (laughs) yeah i mean it's i think it's really interesting and it's really important that we don't forget as consumers that you know, our food supply is not, it's not guaranteed. Like it's not an inalienable thing that is not impacted by anything else. And everything in our world is interconnected. And I think you see that everywhere and no more so than in relation to oceans, ocean sustainability, like everything is linked. And one issue in one part of the supply chain has huge knock on effects elsewhere. 
So really it's in our interest to ensure that everything is as sustainable as it can be. I really think that the report you guys have created is going to open up some eyes and hopefully some questions and uh, force these big companies to maybe change for the better in the future. Because you know how you said, Mm -hmm. oh, Tesco was the best at 50%. I mean, that's still not good. (laughs) Like that is still not what we should be aiming for. So hopefully this will be a bit of a kick in the direction to actually make some changes and be transparent and more sustainable because that's what we need for the future. And hopefully consumers will also, you know, be shocked by this and be like, oh, I had no idea. And therefore. Yeah, exactly. And we do. I mean, we have seen that there are some positive steps being taken in the UK. So there are some UK retailers are investing time and money into finding alternatives to fish meal and fish oil for use mm-hmm. in farm fish, um, which is really promising to see. But at this point, we would argue that they really need to be setting concrete targets to eliminate the use of fish meal and fish oil in their supply chain. And that's what we hope to see. I mean, yeah, I think we also feel that supermarkets, they have such a, huge power in the uk i mean i think the top 10 the 10 supermarkets we looked at control 95 percent of food supply in the uk and they have really good opportunity to be part of the solution you know be, take a positive role in the issue and push forward that positive change i'd like to well where, where can people find the report or find more from the work you guys are doing so we have there is a microsite um that is a kind of repository for all the information about this campaign and it's called fishingthefeed.com mm-hmm. so that, that's probably the best place to go to i mean the report is also available on our website um changingmarkets.org um but fishingthefeed.com is it's a kind of coalition campaign website so that's probably the best place to look and we do have as well for people wanting to get involved we do have a petition um, that they can sign, which again is calling on retailers to to phase out the use of um, FMFO in their farmed fish. Oh, that's great. And I want to ask you the question I ask all of my guests at the end of the podcast, which is if you could give one piece of advice to individuals to decrease their negative environmental footprint or their fish eating footprint in this case, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Can I say two things? Go for it. <laughs> I would Go just say, <laughs> I'd say you need to, we need to reduce and diversify. So we really need to be thinking as responsible consumers or customers, we need to be thinking about how much fish should we really be eating and what types of fish should we be eating? And I think those are the two main, two main pieces of advice I would give. I think that's... That's great. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I learned a lot and I'm very excited um, to see the potential future impacts of the study of the report and get people more aware of what's going on and what's going on to their plates. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, yeah, really good to talk it through. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks then. Speak soon.